Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Friday, November 5th, 2021, and I'm your host, George Kurth, here along with the one and only Cody Roadcap. Cody, how are you on this fine Friday? I'm doing great. It's actually Thursday night. That's when we record these episodes. So uh, we're pretending. Forward to, I know we're pretending, but we're looking forward <laughs> to Friday. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to our other co-host, Tyler Snyder. Um, obviously, he's not here with us. He did have ACL surgery on Thursday. He is at home. He's recovering. He's in a lot of pain, but doing well uh, on the process to recovery. If you want, give him a shout out on Twitter, Instagram, you know, go like an extra post or something. We'd appreciate that. Show him a little bit of love. Uh, but me and George are ready to talk some week nine. Yes, we are. And best wishes to Tyler. He will be with us coming up these next few weeks. So keep an eye out for that. What to keep an eye out for today. We're going to give you some news and notes from around the league because unlike most Friday shows, we have a lot of things to talk about in news and notes. And then we're going to dive right into every matchup in week nine with our week nine preview. You can find more information than you get even on our podcast, on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the couch GMs and on the couch But now why don't we jump right in to NFL news? And I think the biggest NFL news that hit since we last recorded has to be Henry Ruggs. If you guys didn't hear, he was charged with driving under the influence of alcohol, resulting in death. He was apparently driving well over 100 miles per hour and had a blood alcohol content double the legal limit for Nevada when he got in an accident. And unfortunately, our hearts are out to the family who lost a family member and an animal. I was told that the dog also passed in that car accident. So our hearts are out to them and Henry Ruggs, his career may be over now, Cody. Yeah. Uh, first off, I agree. We get just hearts are out to all the families and victims involved. It's a terrible accident. Um, I don't, you, it, we got to, I don't want to throw judgment out either way. Um, but just always a good reminder. It's not good to drink or drive. You know, that's why we have Uber Lyft. Uh, your parents, friends, you can always find a way to get home. So just keep, before you go out and do that, make sure uh, you think about others, not just yourself. Um, bringing it back to football, Henry Ruggs, yeah, the, I mean, he's already been cut by the Raiders. He's been released. Um, the second-year player, his career is most likely over. I mean, it will probably be a while till he's officially charged and sentenced. Um, maybe he'll be able to reach a plea bargain that will get him closer to the two year sentence compared to the 20 but you know a DUI in Las Vegas um, that results in a murder is a two to 20 year sentence Um, that'll be tough for anybody to come back from we have seen players before go to prison and be able to make a comeback he is on the younger side but football is by no means um, what he's thinking about right now he's thinking about his family uh, making sure he's in a good place. I imagine he feels awful. Uh, and I and I do think it was great. If you didn't see the clip, um, Derek Carr was asked about Henry Ruggs. And, you know, he just talked about how he needs, he needs someone to love him right now. You know, this is a terrible situation. Tragic. Um, changed his life in a moment. Unfortunately, ended another person's life in a moment. Uh, terrible situation all around. Um, but he will have to to pay as much as he can for his um, decisions. Uh, but just remember, at, there is there is a human aspect of it. Uh, 
he needs he needs his thoughts and stuff too it can't all be with the victims while we need to again grieve with the victims uh just keep henry ruggs in the back of your mind too because he he's going through it i mean hopefully i never experienced anything close to that but you know everyone goes through something again i'm not comparing you know everyday trials and tribulations to you know a dui that results in a in a murder or a in a killing but you know people are going through things and they need their support when they're at their weakest points and it's probably safe to say that henry ruggs is at his weakest point at this current moment i'd be very interested to hear if we hear someone like a darren waller speak out about this later because i know he's somebody who's dealt with substance abuse in his past and he's come back to be a successful nfl player and I mean, if, I'm not sure if he has an alcohol, you know, alcohol in his past, but maybe it is that case and it's something that he does need help on and no one ever actually knew. So you're right. We definitely have to think about Henry Ruggs in the situation as well. Thoughts to him and his family as well as the victim. And will he give you guys any other news that comes out about this in the next weeks, months, even years as it goes through with all the uh, trial and everything else? And we'll see if we can have Henry Ruggs make a comeback in the future. But that is going to be a while until we hear anything about that. So we can move back on to, I want to say a lighter note, but it's not really a lighter note as we move on from this to COVID. And we'll start with Aaron Rodgers here because Aaron Rodgers has officially been ruled out for this week with COVID-19 and he is treated as an unvaccinated player. So he has to miss 10 days, meaning he could be back for the um the game in week 10 for the Packers, but he is out officially for sure for week nine. Yeah. So we get to see Jordan love for the first time. Um, <laughs> huge implications. You would think, you know, if he comes out there and balls out, it makes the off season decision even more interesting. If he comes uh, out and, you know, looks awful, it hasn't looked like he's progressed. It's going to make the decision sway the other way. I'm, I'm not saying this, this one game will be the only determinant if Aaron Rodgers stays or goes after the season. Um, and as much as you never want your, your MVP quarterback to get COVID, there is, you know, like if looking for an underlying blessing or like you get to see Jordan Love in a meaningful game to see how he prepares. Um, you know, it was a Brett Favre injury uh, on in a Dallas game that got Aaron Rodgers to get out on the the playing field and that's what gave the coaching staff the front office they're like oh we see it in this guy he he can take over for Brett Favre and the next year is when they transition so this is a huge moment for Jordan Love in the first place and like you mentioned Aaron Rodgers is out until at least next Saturday could potentially be out for the Seattle game I know fans are uh, hoping that it's not the Geno Smith Jordan Love game when it could be the Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers game uh, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. This whole situation has been a mess in itself. The whole, was he vaccinated? Was he not vaccinated? He used the word immunized, which to probably me and you, you know, sounds like vaccinated. But according to the CDC, there is actually two different definitions. Um, it still does come across as misleading. Uh, there's some other stuff going on. It, there's a lot to get into it. Uh, but my best recommendation is to let Aaron Rodgers speak on the situation. We probably hear from him next Tuesday when he does his appearance on Pat McAfee. Um, and one thing we're not seeing a lot is, is like, we got to make sure Aaron Rodgers is okay. We forget, you know, because people are coming on and off this COVID list constantly, you know, every week someone's, you forget that this is a real virus, a real disease. And especially for a player that's unvaccinated, 
he could actually have, you know, long-term complications, uh, long-term side effects from this. You know, we all assume he'll be back in 10 days, but there's there's no guarantee. So we're, we're hoping for the best for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then we'll talk about their game a little bit later on if you should, you know, push away from any players or some guys you might think step up in his absence. Definitely we'll get to the Packers when we get to that game. But will I have to mention um, the Giants are quietly having an outbreak, we think. Uh, so I think it was Monday when most uh, vaccinated players and staff do their weekly tests. 13 tests apparently came back positive. They retested the next day and 12 of those players slash coaches came back negative. Don't know if it was just a lab problem. The Giants are in intensive COVID protocols. It's a very fluid situation right now. We'll keep you updated if any players hit the COVID list or anything happens. I think most of it was coaching staff, but still, we don't know exactly what's happening with the Giants. Right now, it seems like it could be okay. That could change really quickly. Yeah, again, just another situation to monitor um, with this whole thing. I know they're working through it as much as they can. Uh, They precautionary shut down their facility on Thursday. Um, some players, including Saquon Barkley, did hit the reserve slash COVID-19 list. Again, uh, they're still working through if that was a potentially uh, false negative or false positive or false positive. I should say not a false negative. I mean, it a could false positive too, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess you're right, George. I guess you're right. Um, but again, this is another fluid situation. Um, I, I mean, the, the Giants have a lot of pieces hurting. So fantasy wise, like you're probably not looking on relying on too many Giants. So um hopefully this week you can avoid any situations other than the big name and Saquon Barkley you'd want him out there if he is available to play um but again this is another great opportunity to plug following us on Twitter uh because we're, we'll post updates throughout the week game day Sunday or just DM us on any of our other social platforms if you have any questions about these situations definitely and wide receiver position has been a very interesting position this week so I have a couple of quick hit wide receiver notes for us to go with here All of you who have been holding on to Michael Thomas, it is okay to cut him. He announced that he had a setback with his ankle injury and he will miss the rest of the season. So it's unfortunate if you did draft him in rounds like seven, eight in the draft, but you will not be seeing any Michael Thomas this year. Deshaun Jackson, who was cut by the LA Rams, has cleared waivers. He is a free agent, free to sign wherever he would like. We'll keep you updated on if he signs anywhere in the next few days or weeks. And another guy who may hit free agency that may end up being a pretty big name is Odell Beckham. Him and the Browns have been going at it, it seems like, since about Monday or Tuesday before the trade deadline. He was not moved by the trade deadline. He is still a Brown, but he is excused from Brown's practice. And there are words that he may be released, but it's a very fluid situation there as well. Yeah, you mentioned the Michael Thomas. That's a tough break. Shout out to Sheeler. I know you're holding on to him. You're not having the best (laughs) luck in our fantasy league. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully you can still turn your season around Deshaun Jackson. It's going to be fun to see where he ends up. I feel like it's going to be the chiefs, the Patriots, one of those teams that need a wider, I'm not saying the chiefs need a wide receiver, but they always go get speedy guys. Uh, but I think the Patriots could be a fun addition if they want to try to make a playoff push here. Cause the AFC is not as deep as we thought it was going into the, the season. And then Odell Beckham, that's the most interesting one to me. I believe it was Rappaport tweeted out. Right after the deadline, there was a deal close or that New Orleans was working very hard to try to acquire Odell Beckham Jr. Um, Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad 
posted a video on YouTube. Now, I believe the video was actually posted two weeks prior to the trade deadline, uh, but because the trade deadline, that's when it got, it found out. Uh, but it posted every, but, or every pass that Odell Beckham was wide open that Baker Mayfield missed him. So that didn't sit well with the team. Uh, LeBron James tweeted out free OBJ. Let him show that he's a true number one wide receiver. So this whole situation is weird. O- Odell Beckham says he's willing to practice. Uh, and the coaches are like, well, then you'd call your quarterback. You'd ask your dad to turn take down the video. You'd call your coaches. Um, but it <laughs> seems like there's just a lot of he, he said, she said, they said, we said stuff going on uh, in Cleveland. So Odell Beckham would be a huge late season acquisition. Uh, but I imagine – I don't even know. I mean, his contract is so big. So if he does get cleared, would a team even like the Jacksonville Jaguars who are so desperate and, you know, building, would they claim him for the waiver wire or would they just let him go to a team? Let him, that'd be an interesting thing, but I guess we'll have to wait and see if Odo OBJ does end up getting released. I'm also not exactly sure how it works with his contract. If he gets cut, but then becomes a free agent, doesn't clear waivers. Like does that clear his contract out? Do you know about that? So after the trade deadline, or so before the trade deadline, if a, I believe it's four years, um, if a veteran gets released that has four years of vested time, uh, they go straight to free agency. If, if they're over four years, they're, they're subject to waivers. After the trade deadline, every player, no matter the years of in the league, go through waivers. So if he gets cut by the the Browns and somebody claims him on waivers, they would take on his full contract. His, but if he clears waivers then he would become a free agent and then whatever left someone can then sign him for the vet minimum. Uh, that's how the, the waiver process works. Post and the Browns still pay his contract. Uh, they still pay the dead cap and whatever guaranteed mm-hmm. money is. Um, it's a little weird in that sense because there is some offset money and the amount that the person is paid uh, is only bonus related. So sometimes their players are only getting game checks, but for the most part, if he clears waivers, he'll be a f- outside of dead cap money that the Browns still owe. Um, he'll be free and clear from the Cleveland Browns. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you for that clarification there, Cody. And I think that's a good segue to move into back into fantasy and into our week nine fantasy preview. Start us off here. We have four teams on by here in week nine. It's the Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washington football team. So some slightly bigger names than last week. I guess we only had two teams last week as well, but it's not by apocalypse by any means. So thank <laughs> thank you for that being over. But we can start off with the one o'clock games, and we're going to have a nice little a- NFC South clash of the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. We talked about the Jameis Winston news back on Tuesday and how he's going to miss the rest of the season. We had to keep an eye on Taysom Hill. It appears that he is at least close to clearing concussion protocols, if not already cleared. He practiced fully on Thursday. So if it's a Taysom Hill game, what are you looking at with the Saints weapons? That is such a tough question that everybody is trying to figure out. Because if you look back to last year, um, when Taysom Hill was in there, Alvin Kamara took a hit in fantasy. Mm-hmm. He he didn't put out the numbers we were expecting, but this year Alvin Kamara is the Saints offense. Like that he is the guy. Like I mean Kevin White had a big big catch on Sunday and I was like Kevin White, I didn't even know that guy was still Pride in the of Emmaus. I mean, 
I mean, from where props, I'm born, basically. <laughs> props for him to, you know, keep working at his dream. Uh, so no, that's no, like, ill will towards Kevin White. It was just, wow, like, they're, they are not depleted, but they just have a lot of guys unproven. You know, Traquan mm-hmm. Smith, Marquez Calloway, guys with talent, they're just not proven. Uh, so I think they're still going to rely on Alvin Kamara. So I think even though we didn't see it last year, I think he's still a safe play. I think Taysom Hill is in considerations for streaming options just because of the running ability. Um, and the matchup's you know, we, good. The matchup is good. It You know, he's like a Jalen Hurts, essentially. Like, the passing isn't great, but he has the running ability. He might not run as many times. Um, but that's just something to keep in mind. So I think Taysom Hill is streamable. The wide receivers, I'm st- I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch them with Jameis Winston. I'm not going to touch them um, now. And then their defense. I, I know we don't talk about defenses often, but the Saints' defense has a pretty good matchup uh, this week with the Atlanta Falcons. Which, as we talked about on Tuesday, uh, Calvin Ridley was taking a hiatus to take care of his mental health, uh, and there's still no timetable back for his return. So he most likely will not be playing this week. So uh, the Falcons. I'll let George talk more about the Falcons players, but. Not a lot of fantasy options between both teams. No, and like with Calvin Ridley out, I really want to love Russell Gage. And then I just look and Russell Gage has just been such a disappointment this year. And even last week playing without Calvin Ridley, he had no targets. I don't understand how someone with his caliber who played really well with Calvin Ridley last year without Julio Jones in those games just fell off the face of the earth now. And it's not even really like the argument of he's the number one weapon on that offense, because I think defenses are starting to view that as Kyle Pitts. And he's somebody that I think needs to be in your starting lineup. He's moving into those tight ends you start every week. And then there's also Corderell Patterson, who's somebody who I have in my lineup every single week playing running back or wide receiver. Doesn't really matter the platform because he's just getting volume. So there's defenses looking at other places, too. I don't understand how Russell Gage is just not appearing on the stat sheet at all. Um, and I think, uh, for fantasy also, I would avoid Matt Ryan this week. I know he's been a stream sometimes, but the saints defense has been pretty solid. So would probably avoid Matt Ryan. The only two people I'm really looking at would be Corderell Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with everything there. Um, Corderell Patterson, he is so hard for me to like, he's getting the volume, but it, he's still like below 50% of the snaps. It's it's a crazy combination. How long can you keep this up? But you got to keep rolling with the hot hand as long as you can. Uh, let's move on to the next matchup. Denver Broncos, Dallas Cowboys. We just saw Cooper Rush come back and uh, beat the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night, but they don't have to worry about Cooper Rush this week. Dak <laughs> Prescott himself pretty much said he's playing on Sunday. He's been practicing in fully. Uh, there is CD Lamb. He did sprain his pre- – he uh, hurt his ankle. I believe they classified it as a sprain, um, but I know sprain has a lot of different meanings. So we'll just say he hurt his ankle, um, which limited him on Thursday. So that's something to monitor. Uh, CD Lamb and Dak had a pretty good connection going there. But if Dak's healthy, you're playing you're pre- any pretty much any passing option in the the Cowboys receiving core, you know. And that's where you even get guys like Tony Pollard is probably movable into the flex position just because. With Dak there, the offense is going to put up points. Um, so I, I, there's not really a cowboy I don't like. I mean, obviously, know your team like Cedric Wilson or if Michael Gallup does come back, I don't know if I'd rush one of those guys in my starting lineup. But if you're struggling, multiple flex leagues, whatever it is, I they it's the Cowboys offense. They put up points, Dak's back. There's a lot worse options out there. 
before we move on from the Cowboys to the Broncos, I was offered a very interesting trade this week, and I wanted to see your opinion. So I have a league where I am, don't have a tight end for this week. I am a team that is struggling borderline playoffs. I have to, I really have to get wins and I don't really have anyone on the bench to drop. I was offered Dalton Schultz for TJ Hawkinson straight from the person that I am playing this week. So he was argument was I get a tight end for my buy. He's already similar to TJ Hawkinson and I'm getting an edge up against the person I'm trading with. Would you make that move? I wouldn't, but I think I've been the lowest on Dalton Schultz. Of the three of us between you, Tyler, and myself. And again, that's just going back to while Schultz is in a a better offense, he is not the top three options in that offense. He has gotten some decent work in the red zone. um, But we saw last week, Hawkinson reminded us why he's the number one option there. um, Unless you want to count Swift, but realistically he's the number one option 10 target like he might not see as many touchdown opportunities uh but he'll be seeing the ball a lot more which could lead to those so i would stick with hawkinson still over dalton schultz i mean it's a tough one because they're putting up numbers um but i completely understand if you want to ride with hawkinson definitely okay thank you and we can move on to the bronco side of the ball then um, I'll let Cody pull up some injury reports because I'm not sure if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play this game and that may affect my usage of the wide receivers may, may not. I don't know. Um, but on the Broncos side, I feel like you most likely have to start both running backs because they're getting 50% of the snaps. They've both been fairly effective and there's not many running backs to go around. Jerry Judy is back. He did all right. I think him and Sutton have to be the top two. Tim Patrick's kind of fallen off of my radar. And the other thing to note is Noah Fant is on the COVID list, if I believe I heard correctly. And Owegbunam is back from his injury. He is he somebody you're looking at for the dartboard, Cody? Yeah, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I'll butcher it, which I commend you for doing a great job on that. Um, he is back. He was limited on Wednesday. I don't have the, uh, the Thursday update quite yet from Denver, um, but so... He was living on Wednesday, but yeah, if he's, if no fan isn't out there, I think, you know, he had some volume early in the season before his injury with Noah Fant there. I think he could be a guy, a dartboard. I think I, he might actually be the guy I'm starting in one of my leagues. I have to double check uh, my leagues, but to answer your other question, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is actually not even on the injury report. So he's definitely playing. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, and if Teddy Bridgewater plays, I like the tight end too. Uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Those I, Cortland Sutton has taken a couple step backs the last couple weeks. Um, so again, I don't think he is a must start, but you know, as a flex option, uh, depending on who you have, who's on by, he could be in your lineup. Uh, and just for everybody out there who may want to add him, can you spell his last name for me? His last name? Yeah, it's yeah. OK W U E G B U N A M. He totally looked at it on the screen. I was hoping he'd try to do it off of uh, off of memory. <laughs> that was kind nope. of boring. <laughs> I knew what you're doing, I, but no, nope. I don't know how to pronounce it. I mean, you could have asked me to say it, and I would have been like, no. But <laughs> it's Owegbunam, if I'm th- if I've heard correctly. I've heard it pronounced a couple of different ways, so we're gonna go with that one because that's what Owegbunam. I've heard the most. I like that name. Yeah, it, it's very unique. I like it too. But we can stop talking about backup tight ends who could be starters this week and move on to tight ends who 
could be starters most weeks at this point, and that'll be the Patriots and Hunter Henry has been hot going against the Carolina Panthers. Are you still in on Hunter Henry after a little bit of a mild disappointment last week? I mean, I guess for a tight end, it really wasn't that big of a deal, but the man had three straight 10 plus point games fell off a little bit last week. You still in with Hunter Henry? Yeah, I think I'd still roll with Hunter Henry as a another guy on the dartboard. Um, and I think we talked about it last week. He had, what was it, five straight games the touchdown? Like, the touchdown was eventually not going to happen. No one has yeah. a touchdown every game. Um, this game, it could be – it depends which Panthers team shows up because, you know, they, they looked like they were getting back to themselves a little bit last week. Um, especially, with, you know, St- Stephon Gilmore is supposed to – was activated he might even get out there and play this week against his former team um so we'll see how that goes he did practice in full uh so i'd avoid the wide receivers a little like i wouldn't play robbie anderson i do like dj Moore. i feel like he just gets so many targets you have to roll him out there but again no he's playing the patriots they're still a good defense uh it could be a little bit tough uh but you know I'm totally rambling right now, so I'm just going to stop and let you pick it up because I'll just keep talking for another 20 minutes and then be like, what are we even talking about? Um, Did you even mention McCaffrey in there? You lost me when you started rambling. See, I, I knew that's why I had to stop. McCaffrey, he is back in practice, uh, yeah. but his status <laughs> is uncertain, which was really weird that I, they does need him to return from IR, which is great. And I, I am glad that they're trying to be cautious with them. Um, they know how important he is to their team. But when I saw it earlier in the week, he was his week nine and week 10 status was in question. So I'm going to assume, despite him practicing, he's probably not going to play in week nine. And yeah, even if he does play in week, even if he doesn't play, I might fade away from Chuba Hubbard, um, even though he has been so consistent. But again, this Patriots defense has shown that it's been pretty good. And the Panthers offense has been struggling as the last few weeks. So might not be the best option. Okay. Um, that was actually going to be my question. So you took it right out of my mind. Um, and I think the Patriots, I don't know if there's really anybody that I love. I mean, we're probably starting Damian Harris most weeks wide receivers. I'm avoiding for the most part. And we mentioned Hunter Henry. So I think that pretty much wraps up that game. There's anything you want to add. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots probably not too many options there like we mentioned hunter henry's a good one damian harris you're gonna play him mm-hmm. uh mac jones pro- he has looked pretty good but he's probably not in my you know top streaming options this week so i think we covered you all there the next game we got on the slate is the minnesota vikings at the baltimore ravens george why don't you talk us about your third favorite team be- by by dating rights the baltimore <laughs> Uh, Ravens coming off of a bye. I think the person that I am watching the most in this game is Rashad Bateman. He's somebody who I told you to add either before the bye or after the bye as somebody to stash on your bench. He had a very solid game right before their bye week. So somebody who could end up emerging as a flex or a flex or wide receiver two down the stretch if the Ravens pass offense stays as prominent as it was because he will probably be two slash three in that passing offense with the whole um, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown in there. You'll probably see some weeks with Bateman and some weeks with Andrews if it ends up going that way. So he's somebody I'm watching those other two. Like I said, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews should be in your lineups. 
And I think every week we're going to have to talk about running backs. Latavius Murray will probably be back here um, after having a week of rest, but I don't know if I love playing him just with, he hasn't been very effective and it's not like his backups have been effective to take away carries from him, but they may take away enough that, I mean, if you can tell me for sure that Latavius Murray gets 13, 14 carries, I might say, yeah, you probably should start him because there's a good chance to get a touchdown in there. If they knock that down to eight to 10, he hasn't been effective enough, in my opinion, to be in your lineup. So I think the uncertainty is keeping Latavius Murray out of my lineup for now. It, there's probably going to be people asking he got dropped. Should he add him as a you know speculative ad? If you're weak at running back, maybe because there's a chance that he could end up being relevant a couple of games down the stretch. He's just not the greatest option at running back right now. Yeah, and I will say he did. He is the back this week, um, but he hasn't practiced yet. So he was DNP on Wednesday and Thursday. So that makes it even tougher to roll him out there. I'm really intrigued. As much as they like Tyson Williams, as much as they, as well as he looked, I know he, he was, he was more benched for what he was doing when the ball wasn't in his hand than what yes. he was with the ball in his hand, you know, missing assignments, running the wrong routes, that kind of thing. I'm interested if they worked with him extra over the bye week if they've tried to get him more acclimated or are they going to turn the keys over to a Devontae Freeman or a Le'Veon Bell? Do they get up to speed at this point? Like you said, this is a running back room that is incomplete. You know, like everyone could be good for fantasy. And then at the same time, like you don't want to own any of them. You know, I, I like what you mentioned, though, if you are weak at running back, I think it's a great week with them coming off of a bye to potentially add a Murray, a Freeman, a Bell, even Tyson Williams, if he's still out there and just see. Maybe you get lucky and you pick up the guy that, you know, maybe Tyson comes back and looks like he did weeks one and two, and now you just got the guy that everybody had the beginning season a week early, which isn't a bad thing. Um, so I do like that plan of attack if you have the space for it, uh, but I do know there are a few buys this week, so it makes roster manipulation a little bit more difficult. Definitely, and we can move over to the Vikings side. Um, I believe it looks like Dalvin Cook's good to go. I do not like the stream of Kirk Cousins again this branch up against Baltimore and the receivers. You're starting um, the two big guys, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Um, I don't know if there's anybody really on top that I would like just because the matchup is a little bit stiff. Yeah, I know it's the Ravens defense has definitely come around the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, for a while we were like, wow, where's this Ravens defense? But they're, they're coming around. Uh, so I think it does take like a guy like Tyler Conklin off the the dartboard this week. Um, I'd probably go with some of the guys we've already talked about at tight end over Tyler Conklin. Um, and then real quick with the Vikings, it came out right as we were recording last week. So we didn't, or not last week, earlier this week. Um, Daniel Hunter is out for the season uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Doesn't really affect anything that they do on offense. And, or, I mean, if you have an IDP league that you you've already probably realized that, but in a regular league, um, it doesn't affect too much, but it will be interesting to see if they how well they contain the run, missing their a key edge rusher. So, again, another just keep the Ravens running backs in the back of your mind. I wouldn't play any of them this week, but this would be a good week to hold and wait and see. And a team that likes to use a hot hand, if somebody does break out this week, it could be a, a move to keep them in the starting line of the rest of the season. It's true. We'll see what happens there. And we can move on to the Cleveland Browns who are traveling to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals were shocked last week by the New York Jets. And now we're in a divisional game where the Browns 
they kind of need a win here. So, I mean, we can start with the Bengals. Are you worried about any of their weapons at all? You're probably still starting a Mixon and a Jamar Chase and probably even a Joe Burrow. But where are you at with the Bengals right now? Yeah, the Bengals, they had a, definitely had a tough loss on last Sunday. Uh, a game that nobody expected. I'm sure it killed a lot of people that were still alive in survivor pools. Um, yep. I mean, our survivor pools down to four. I think the Bengals alone knocked out seven or eight people. Yeah. I mean, it was a complete upset, but I'm not overly worried with the Bengals going into this week. I still, you still like Joe Mixon. Uh, you still like Jamar Chase. You still, I think Joe Burrow is still a solid streaming option at this point. He's right on the brink of an every week starter. Um, some guys I am avoiding CJ Uzama. He, uh, he's just not consistent enough for me. He, he has really <laughs> so big boom games. or bust. So, so he has like 36 yards or less in six of the eight games. And those other two, he had like 25 fantasy points. So because like, he got 36 yards on three different catches, like yeah, 36 so yards each catch. <laughs> it's very boomer bust for CJ Uzama. Maybe you need that, but for me, I'm going to try to find a guy that can be a little bit more consistent. I know that is extremely tough to do at the tight end position. Um, and then it's a it's a coin flip between Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. I feel like Tyler Boyd has slowly been coming on and looking like the number two wide receiver the last couple of weeks. But I'd probably say that in this week, you know, T. Higgins will lead all the receivers out of it just because that's yep. how the Bengals offense seems to work. And I do like all three receivers, like as a fan perspective, so it wouldn't hurt me too bad. Um, again, those guys, they're, you know, a coin flip for flex options. Uh, but your your main at this point in the season, you know the guys that are mainstream starters and the guys that are like, hmm, maybe I like them. And then the guys are like, they're too good to drop, but I don't feel confident playing them. And I feel like we're right in between too good to drop and eh, do I feel confident playing them as a flex with the other two uh, Bengals wide receivers outside of Jamar Chase. Definitely. I was hoping you would ramble a little bit more because I was trying to pull up some interesting material on the Browns because I wanted to talk then. running backs. <laughs> yeah, I give you a cue. <laughs> I mean, our, 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 for anyone that doesn't know, we, we do record this virtually and our, our screen is too uh, pixelated for me to tell you to wink at me or something if you need to uh uh, me to keep rambling so you're gonna have to come up with something uh if you need me to keep talking but hopefully what i just did there was enough to get you back into the looking up and now you're ready to tell everybody all about brown's running backs i'm ready to tell everybody about brown's running backs so i only wanted to mention this because nick chubb not really had a bust week but he had 16 carries that's that's pretty far up there in the nick chubb category normally gets around 20 uh, but Dearness Johnson outscored him mostly because of scoring a touchdown. Now you look at it, it might not be too concerning because he only had four carries. But the fact that he got a goal line touchdown, does that worry you at all, Nick Chubb here? Or do you think that because he's still getting all that volume, he's going to be OK? Yeah, I'm not overly worried about Nick Chubb. I feel like we've seen this before. Uh, they occasionally would give Kareem Hunt a goal line carry and you're like, what is going on? Um, so it doesn't surprise me. I think you're still safe with Jordan Love. I wouldn't read too much into it. Jordan, well, I just said Jordan Love. Jordan Love. He is trying to get to this Packers game, apparently. I'm ready for the Packers game. I was ready to see Jordan Love, and <laughs> but uh, we're not quite there. So let's, but back, Nick Chubb, I wouldn't Nick worry Chubb. about it too much. 
Yes. Okay. And then the other question that I have would have to be, we're not going to see any Odell Beckham most likely. I know he was not the most involved in the offense and everyone's always upset because Odell Beckham should be more involved in the offense. Does that give you any boost to Jarvis Landry who already was their leading receiver last week with 10 targets? Do you like him even more with OBJ most likely not playing this week? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident that OBJ is not going to play uh, this week. Jarvis Landry is, is a tough evaluation because I instinctively I say yes. Like he was mm-hmm. already the leading receiver. He's he's out there, um, but he just looked like he was a step behind. There was some out of syncness last week when you actually watched him on the field. I don't know if that was just because he was just getting back. If that'll be corrected this week, uh, I think you should feel okay playing. Jarvis Landry in your lineups this week, uh, you know, wide receiver two flex option. Um, but just keep that as a guy you're going to watch. You know, he might, if he doesn't rebound this week, then there might be some signs of concern moving forward. Okay. Um, finally, uh, Baker seemed to get through a week without any major extra shoulder issues. Is he uh, anyone that you would throw in a streaming category yet? Yeah, I, I mean, for, luckily for us, there's not too many quarterbacks that you're you're missing uh, this week. I mean, Russell Wilson, you've already been missing, and then Tom Brady as the big one that's on by. Uh, so I, th- I feel like there's a lot of decent options out there. There's probably 12 quarterbacks that I like better than him, so it's not like a force thing, but if you're in a bigger league or a two-quarterback league, I do think you should be able to start Baker Mayfield. All right, that sounds good, and we can move on then to our next game with, uh, we hope it's not a blowout, but the Bills are traveling to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It probably will be a blowout. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm concerned with with the Bills is if they do get up big, well, one, do you think that that helps their running backs? Probably Zach Moss, because I I feel like I like playing Zach Moss a lot better than Devin Singletary. But two, does that hurt their depth weapons? Because you know that they like throwing the ball so much that they always have four or five pass catchers who are relevant. Are you worried about some of the death pieces like a Cole Beasley this week? Cause of the fact that they could get up. Uh, I'm, I'm not too worried, which normally I would be, but mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was week three or week four when they put up 35 to nothing against the dolphins and everyone had a good fantasy day. And then they followed it up with, was it 38 to three or did maybe 38 to 10 to the, to the the Washington football team. Uh, so this team doesn't like to, you know, coast in the second half if they're up big. So I think you're still comp- still pretty good. Um, I like Stephon Diggs in this matchup, Josh Allen. Obviously, I agree with you. Zach Moss is the running back that I would play. And then again, I think I like Emmanuel Sanders as a flex option. I know you tend to lean more Cole Beasley. Um, so if but you're either a, way, Cole, it's not a bad Cole here. Be- <laughs> yeah. If you're a Cole Beasley guy over Emmanuel Sanders, that's that's another great one. So um, I only thing you do want to point out Dawson Knox still recovering from his broken hand has not practiced all week. I expect him to be out probably one more week. So I don't think you'll get Mm -hmm. the tight end back this week in Dawson Knox. Uh, Moving over to the Jaguar side, not a whole lot to love, I guess. Um, Yeah. Especially with James Robinson out. Yeah. I I should say he hasn't practiced all week. I don't know if I love Carlos Hyde in this matchup, mostly because he won't even really have the chance probably to see the the, the work because of the Bills, you know, the Bills putting up points on them. They'd have to play catch up. Um, this may not be a horrible week for Marvin Jones if you hope they have to throw the ball so many times, but I don't know if I would touch really any Jaguars. He'd be 
the highest on my list maybe yeah i the jaguars i'm not touching um if i was trying to get really cute in daily fantasy like for my flex option i'd throw like jamal agnew in there because he's been getting so many mm-hmm. targets and they're somebody to be... hold and stash on your bench probably too yeah because he's been getting so many targets and they're been down so much uh but really like you mentioned carlos hyde not a great matchup uh good probably another good week for the number one fantasy defense in the bills uh so yeah unfortunately jacksonville jaguars fans it's not looking great for you <laughs> and uh probably won't be a great week so two other teams now that we have not seen many fantasy assets on going against each other. So you got to think like it's probably a good matchup all over the place here, but there's not many good players. It's the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins. I think I'll start with the Texans because there's probably less people. Um, why don't we start with the running backs? Because we were talking about the situation once they traded Mark Ingram. Dolphins defense has not been great. Do you like a David Johnson if you're running back desperate this week my heart still wants to go with Philip Lindsay and I think I talked about this last week uh Tyrod Taylor <laughs> is expected to get the start um this week so he and will we be saw back. what they did week one with Tyrod right. Taylor it looked good <laughs> it did look a week one so yeah I think if you're desperate you know if you're really struggling for running backs you might want to roll out there, you know, David Johnson. Like I said, I tend to lean Philip Lindsay, but I feel like that's even more of a stretch because he hasn't seen as many opportunities. Um, but yeah, it's not the worst week to play a, a Houston Texans running back. You're, you're never going to feel great about it. Uh, but again, not the worst week. No. And I mean, on top of that, I think this just gives a big boost to Brandon Cooks also having, um, yeah. <laughs> Completely yeah, blank. Brandon, Tyrod Taylor back. <laughs> there you go. Tyrod Taylor is back. Yep. Brandon Cooks. Uh, you know, he's already putting up numbers with Davis Mills. So I can only imagine what he'll mm-hmm. put up with Tyrod Taylor. Um, another name. Again, it's probably a week too early to keep an eye on. But Jordan Akins, the tight end, he and Tyrod Taylor um, or Tyrod tends to like the tight end. Jordan Akins is a guy that you might want to keep an eye on as a potential waiver wire pick up moving into the next week if that connection comes back um again that's just a name to keep an eye on you're not running out there to start uh jordan akins but a name you might want to keep an eye on the dolphin side though uh tua was limited in practice all week but he's still expected to play i don't you're not streaming tua i'm really hoping that my guy miles gaskins has a good week this week (laughs) If he can't have a good week this week, I might have to give up hope. I don't know if I ever could actually give up hope on Miles Gaskin this season, but I think this is a smash play for for Miles Gaskin. This is hopefully they use him both the run and the pass game. They get him involved early, often, and honestly, he's one of my favorite plays of the week. Is even as poor as he has been all season. It's true. He could end up being that sneaky guy who most people haven't been playing, or some people even just picked up off free agency. That wins people weeks this week. But I feel like the Dolphins have to put up some points against the Texans. Like, I don't I, I don't know if I see this game going like six to three. Like, I feel like this could be a high scoring game. It's just trying to pinpoint who the right guys are to play. So I think I want to look at the Dolphins wide receivers because they've had a few guys. They had Devontae Parker breaking out lately. Jalen Waddle's been pretty good in some games and kind of disappeared in other games. 
And I don't believe they'll have Will Fuller this week, but he's just been on and off the field. Um, do you like both of those Dolphins receivers then? Do you avoid them because you're worried? I know I have to start Jalen Waddle in our league of record because my wide receiver core is so bad and just kind of hope, but I feel like there has to be points somewhere and the Dolphins offense has looked a lot better with Tua than it did prior to when they have, he was out with injury. Yeah, I think you can feel pretty good um, again in your wide receiver two flex options, uh, navigating buys, especially with as many wide receivers as we're missing. That's that's going to be the biggest this week with no Tyler Lockett, no DK Metcalf, no Terry McLaurin, no the big three in Tampa Bay. Um, there's a lot of wide receivers to fill in. And I think a guy like Devontae Parker or Jalen Waddle could find their way into a lot of people's lineups. And this is a plus matchup, like you mentioned. So you should feel pretty confident in that decision. Moving on to another team where you may want to find some wide receivers to help you fill the uh, the bye weeks. But I mean, if COVID ends up, you know, holding off is the New York Giants. They're hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. They're getting healthier, I feel like, finally. But that almost concerns me in a way because I almost feel like I like the Giants wide receivers better when they're only one or two on the field. But if we end up having Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony all on the field, is the I, I almost feel like the pool's gonna get too diluted because I don't think Daniel Jones is good enough to sustain three fantasy wide receivers. He can sustain one, maybe two. But what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, the Giants wide receivers are tough because they're all on the injury report. Um Kadarius Tony's been limited all week with the thumb injury that he injured on Monday night, but he did come back to that game, so we expect him to play. Sterling Shepard, he's the big one. He has not practiced all week. I expect him to be out. And then Kenny Galladay went from DNP on Wednesday to limited on Thursday. So it's pointing in the, the right direction. Um, if Sterling Shepard's not there, I think Kadarius Tony is the guy that you want to own. You want to play Kenny Galladay is, you know, he was the big free agent acquisition, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Even when he does come back, he seems to injure something else. Uh, it's just not a guy I'm confident in starting. If Tony's out there, we've seen him be productive, a solid wide receiver two flex option. Um, but yeah, the, the Giants are banged up outside of the COVID scare of false positives or whatever is going on out in New York or New Jersey, I should probably say, technically. Uh, but the the Giants, they're struggling. And one thing, I, and they're tight ends too. Like, I know I had to, I started Evan Ingram last week and it like, it saved me for his touchdown, but he didn't see a, a target until the second half. <laughs> um, they were targeting Kyle Rudolph a, a lot in the end zone. You would think between one of those tight ends, there'd be a, a viable option, and I don't think either of them are on the dartboard this week. Okay, that was going to be one of my questions there. I saw Kyle Rudolph stealing touchdowns last week. It was kind of frustrating. But uh, running backs. So Saquon is on the COVID list. It, it's unclear if he has a chance to clear before the game, if he's even healthy enough to play, if he does clear before the game. Devontae Booker in this matchup. Do you like him? I feel like we've been very hot and cold on him since he came in to replace Saquon. And it's also worth noting that their third string running backs also on the COVID list. He's the only running back that's actually healthy on this roster, except for like they've been used Elijah Penny sometimes in carries as a running back, but he's technically a fullback. Do you like Booker in this matchup? Um, I feel like if he's the only like running back, you know, he's better than the fullback. You, you'd have to, you know, consider playing him. I personally don't. I think, you know, I believe the Raiders are coming off a of bye unless I'm getting my schedules um, mixed up. But, you know, 
and yeah. they they have a, a solid front seven um they that's been playing really well if i can i'd avoid playing Devonte booker um to the point and it, even if saquon barkley is back like it, it it's gonna be so hard for me to sit there and say bench saquon barkley but you know it might not be the worst idea unless again you got to wait and see and we'll keep you updated um as we get closer to sunday but if there's any type of snap count or you know it's a game time decision like that's a tough thing to to go into the week you know because he hasn't been the most productive when healthy uh so that's a tough call there too against a solid front seven in the raiders defense Definitely, and then moving on to the Raiders on the offensive side of the ball, we talked about Henry Ruggs already, and I mean, there's two guys that I want to talk about in their wide receiver core and see if this gives a boost. First being Hunter Renfro, because he was already the guy that was seeing some volume. He's more of the catch guy. He may see more targets now. Do you think Renfro gets a boost from this Ruggs situation? Maybe maybe slightly, but I think Renfro is actually already ahead or pretty even with Henry Ruggs. I think... Um, it might get him a slight boost, but it's not the guy that I think is getting the big boost. And I think the next guy you're going to ask is. Uh, th- I think he's been your man crush for a while and somebody you've hoped they've used Brian Edwards. Is that I the sure guy? hope so? Cause like you said, I've been, I've been pounding the table <laughs> for Brian Edwards all, all season. Like I know, we, I think we had this debate when, you know, back Heinrich Ruggs or Brian Edwards back in like week one or week two. Um, but yeah, I think this could be a good opportunity for Brian Edwards, you know, another second year player. He always makes a play in the fourth quarter. Like they would just learn to throw to him earlier, get him involved. And I think this week could be, um, another opportunity for him to increase. And I'll actually give you one more name, uh, another big play guy. And that's Zay Jones. Now I'm not saying he's going to be great for fantasy, but he is probably going to replace rugs as the guy that takes the top off and, what are you laughing at? I just can't take you seriously from, I think it was the beginning of last season. You saw a Raider catch a touchdown. Like, Ooh, I wonder if that's someone I can own. And you're like, Oh, it's Zay Jones. Never mind. I cannot take Zay Jones seriously ever since. I don't that remember point. that moment, but I, apparently it left a <laughs> fondly impression in Georgia's lasting yeah, impression. I, don't know what I just said fondly. I don't even know what that means. Lastly, it is a very fond, um, very yeah, fond memory. So that's too. a deep stretch guy, but I, Brian Edwards, if he is available, I would be out there picking him up as a as a stash and see type guy, especially in a pretty not the easiest matchup, but also not the worst matchup against the Giants. Uh, last guy I want to touch um, because I was in I'm in running back troubles in a couple of leagues here. I added a Kenyon Drake who happened to slip back to the free agent market. He had 14 carries last week. Is he somebody that you like along with Josh Jacobs? Or do you still think Jacobs is going to overshadow him enough that he's not going to be a fantasy relevant guy? Drake is def- definitely a very interesting situation. <laughs> um, I, th- I think I like him alongside. I feel like ever since Gruden got let go, they've started to utilize him. And it's like, oh yeah, we did pay this guy a decent amount of money to be here. Now I know, Josh Jacobs has been in and out of the lineup, yeah. but at the same time, Josh Jacobs has been in and out of the the lineup. He just can't seem to stay healthy. So it's not a bad matchup. Like I think you could, if you're desperate, like it sounds like you are, I think you could roll with Kenyon Drake. Good to know. And I will be rolling with Kenyon Drake, but why don't we roll into the four o'clock game? George, how are you going to contain yourself? You need to pick this up a little bit. I in think. this matchup. Like, what do you, are, are you, 
You're gonna switch your jersey every time the team's on offense. Like, what are you what are you doing? Los Angeles Chargers, Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I know you got Eagles stuff behind you, but are you, you're gonna do a little fist punt under the couch or on off the side of the couch every time the Chargers score? <laughs> like, walk me through this game, buddy. I'm an Eagles fan. I do. I am fond of the Chargers, but not the way that Cody makes it sound. I guess you're just going to let me cover this whole game if I'm out of town. So I might as well just get started here. (laughs) Cody's going to sit back and a drink. I'll start with the Eagles side. So they had an explosion last week, but it was all running the ball. And I don't know if that's going to continue because I think it's just because they played the Lions. They got up big. They actually did what they were supposed to do how many weeks. But I do like the fact that they ran the ball. And I think they're going to do it more than they had in weeks one through seven. When it comes to that, we were always trying to figure out who the Eagles lead back would be. I don't think it's going to be Kenny Gainwell. I think Gainwell's still going to be used in a secondary role. And it's going to be a little bit of a split between a Jordan Howard and a Boston Scott. But I think that the Eagles showed that they want to use Boston Scott because they like his big playability. And if he even gets three or four more targets than he did last week, he already becomes a fantasy relevant running back, in my opinion. So I like Boston Scott as a little bit of a sleeper, somebody who you might have added off of waivers this week to could go into your lineup if you're running back desperate team. I'm kind of avoiding a lot of other Eagles. I'm probably going to say play um, Dallas Goddard because the tight end position is so rough and you're probably playing Jalen Hurts because besides last week, which I think was a little bit of a fluke, he's not lost. He's not scored less than 20. See somebody that still needs to be in your lineup pretty much every single week. And then we'll move on to the Chargers side. Mike Williams threw up another dud last week, but I'm not worried about that. He's just he's going to do it occasionally, and he already did it earlier in the year and showed that he could bounce back in a big way. So Mike Williams is still somebody I'm high on, and you're obviously starting Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler every week as well as Justin Herbert. I don't know if I really like anybody else on top of it. I am not sure exactly of the numbers, the Eagles against the tight end, but I don't think Jared Cook's somebody who jumps off the page for me this week. It's pretty much go with who you go with on the Chargers, in my opinion. Yeah, I do like that. I I think I'm a little bit more nervous about Mike Williams than you are. Um, And you can't forget the the Eagles defense is what has kept them in so many games or helped propel them to be able to make a last-minute comeback. So it's not a cakewalk matchup by any mean for this Chargers offense. Justin Herbert is dealing with a little bit of a hand injury, but he was moved from limited to full-time practice on Thursday. So that should be nothing to worry about. Um, And same with Austin Eckler. He's on the injury report, but he's been fooled the whole time. So I expect him to play. I do want to circle back to your Eagles, though, real quick. You talked about Boston Scott, and I tend to agree with you. I think Boston Scott is the running back to own, the running back to play. Um, but I And I just wanted to ask a question. This doesn't really do with fantasy. But is Jordan Howard still on the practice squad that they just activate for game day, or was he officially signed to the active roster? He was signed to the active roster when Miles Sanders was deactivated to injury reserve. Okay, perfect. I couldn't remember the exact wording, and I, I was going to say if he, you know, if he's a practice squad guy that they're activating, I think that would be a, a good indication that Boston Scott is the guy. But that is definitely not the case, according to George, the resident Los Angeles Philadelphia Chargers Eagles fan in the house. And <laughs> what the heck I don't did even, you just I don't say? Don't repeat it because I'm not going to be able to do it again as smoothly as I just did it. That was impressive for me, and I know it. Um, yeah, and I'm with you. The Eagles' weapons outside of Dallas Goddard, like. Devontae Smith has just been too inconsistent. Jalen Rager, he's been up and down. Mm-hmm. There's just not a, a true wide receiver option that I 
that I really like this week. Definitely. So we'll stick with the guys who run the ball, which would be Hertz and Scott and throw Goddard out there because that's just what you need for tight ends. So I'm going to take that to move a segue from my team to Cody's team. The Chiefs are hosting the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers. Cody, go ahead, break down the Packers for us. Alrighty. So the Packers are up now. We played on Thursday last week, and you might have forgotten we did lose Robert Tunyon to a torn ACL. Uh, so there, we don't have a tight end currently that you can feel confident in putting on the dartboard. We'll see if a guy like Josiah DeGuara could be a guy that we start talking about later in the season. But as of now, there's no Packers tight end that you really can feel comfortable with. Um, MBS was designated to return from IR, but it's not guaranteed that he will be back to play this week. And that also goes with David Bakhtiari, who is coming off the PUP list. He has till next Wednesday to be activated. Um, so there's no guarantee that he would play. Obviously, all that is small news compared to the big news that Aaron Rodgers, as we talked about at the top of the show, did test positive for COVID-19 and will not be in this game, meaning Jordan Love will get his first NFL career start. There is, it's a double-edged sword. He gets to go against the poor chiefs defense for his first start but he also gets to play on the road in what has been called by many people the loudest outdoor stadium if not the loudest stadium in the nfl so it will be a very interesting to see it will be a great game for to, for matt lafleur to prove that he's a good coach outside of aaron Rodgers. now obviously if jordan love throws four picks matt before can't control that but we'll see how he caters the game plan to him speaking of catering the game plan I think you can feel confident playing Aaron Jones. I also think you can feel confident playing A.J. Dillon. I think both running backs will be solid, viable options this week. And Devontae Adams is back from the COVID-19 list. You might be like, oh, Devontae Adams, he's going to take a hit. He averaged over 16 points a game in 2017 with Brett Hundley. Devontae Adams puts up points no matter who the quarterback is. That's why he is the best wide receiver in the game. Mm -hmm. He is the number one fantasy option. They're going to want to get him involved. I mean, it's all about getting the playmakers involved. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon should still be in line for some big weeks against the Chiefs this week. Agree with that. That was exactly what I would have said if I would have broke it down. So I'm glad that I am right on pace with the Packers fan in the room. And then we can move on to the Chiefs side here really quick. Um. I still think it's a week early for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, so it'd be a Daryl Williams game. He's kind of been hot and cold, but he's probably somebody you could roll out against the Packers. They have not been the greatest against the run in, in history, historically. Um, and then you're starting Travis Kelsey, even though Travis Kelsey's been a little bit disappointing here in these last few weeks. He's somebody you can't bench, though, so don't try to get cute if you and bench, bench Travis, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey to lose. and leave potentially 20 points on the bench. If we bet, yeah, that and you should just get him taken off your team, like just force cut. Like, if you really hated that bad, say, trade him. But trade seriously, him I would start him in, in a heartbeat. Like, seriously, every week, I don't care if he scores five points a week. So, if you're out there and you're frustrated with Kelsey having some low scores, just trust the process. He's the best tight end in the league. Keep playing him, and also keep playing Tyreek Hill. I don't know if there's anybody else really on top of that I would like. So I think that pretty much I do wraps want to ask you real quick. I know we talked about it probably a week too early for Clyde Edwards Alaire. Not Frank Gore, the other Gore that they're actually not related. Looked pretty good on Monday night against the Giants. He was getting a lot of carries. He ended up getting some goal line work. He did score a touchdown. He outscored Darrell Williams. 
Uh, I know because of when we do waivers and the show, we didn't talk about him much on the waiver wire. I wanted to get your thoughts on, I can't even remember his first name because every time I look at him, I think it's Frank Gore, but it's not Frank Gore. Um, <laughs> but what about him? Do you like him in any of this matchups or a guy you're just stashing, not even worried about it? What are your thoughts on Gore? I think it's Derek Gore. So, you know, I had to look that one up too. But I think if it was a situation where you weren't like Clyde Edwards Alaire wasn't there and it was just Daryl Williams offense and all of a sudden Derek Gore had a little flash in the pan, he's somebody I would want to stash. But knowing that this running back situation is probably only going to happen for another week, max two weeks. He's not somebody I'm really focusing on. I'm not confident enough in him to start him this week, and that would be the only reason I would add him. So Daryl Williams is still the guy, in my opinion. He's the guy that's been getting more workload. He has done it. He did have a 20-plus point week already in filling in for Clyde Edwards Lair. He's just a boomer bust candidate because it's just how his game works. All right. I tend to be a – I think Gore is a more of a stashable option because of the way he looked could be overtake Daryl Williams as RB2 once Clyde Edwards comes back. But like you said, if you're not going to start him. I just don't know if RB2 is really an important position in this offense compared to some other teams as just because of the volume that they run the ball. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire is even a sketchy option sometimes when he is starting clear, like the clear starter. So that's why I don't know if I love the RB2 as a guy. I think it might be getting a little too gotcha. cute in my I, opinion. I understand. It was just watching that game. They It was a clear and obvious they had a game plan to get him involved. Um, and hopefully the Chiefs do bounce back. Hopefully not this week, but starting next week bounce back to that powerhouse offense that we're accustomed to uh, we got one more four o'clock game and it is with the other team that played on thursday night that's the arizona cardinals at the san francisco 49ers a big divisional matchup the 49ers need a victory here to get back into playoff contention or division contention the arizona cardinals are looking to not start a streak of losing after going on a win streak aj green hit the covid list something to keep an eye out there. So that limits us to how many wide receivers we can ask. Uh, we're still not a hundred percent sure on how much or how used Deandre Hopkins would be. This could be a very interesting wide receiver core going into Arizona. Um, well, you can assume if you want Hopkins there or not, but do you like Christian Kirk and or Rondell Moore if with AJ green out? And then obviously which one do you like the best? If both AJ green and Deandre Hopkins are out. I feel like I've been trying to love Rondale more all year because you see how he has those flashes to be amazing, but he just isn't being involved enough or it just isn't consistent enough to be that guy. Now it makes it interesting. Like him and Kirk both technically play the slot. So if Kirk was out, and it was like I would feel more confident in Rondale Moore, but the fact that one of them would have to play outside, which is not technically in a natural position, I don't know if that really hurts or helps either of them. Either way, I'm more confident in um, Christian Kirk if I had to pick somebody. And a guy to watch, in my opinion, who might come out of nowhere and might literally have one week, Andy Isabella. I almost like Andy Isabella better than Rondale Moore. But don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't I wouldn't play either. I would play Christian Kirk, probably fade away from the others. But I look for an Andy Isabella sighting this week. There's my bold prediction wow. for the week. Andy Isabella, that's your little DFS nugget there. 
Um, also monitor Kyler, Ner- yeah. Kyler Murray. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. I imagine they'll get him right to play without practicing this week. Maybe he'll do a little limited on Friday, uh, the day you're listening to this podcast, hopefully, or maybe you're listening to it Saturday and you already know. But again, another plug to make sure you're following us at the Couch DMs on Twitter to repost all the injury updates. Let's pivot over to those San Francisco 49ers. Uh, play Zach Ertz. Oh, yeah, too. play Zach Ertz. I still forget he's a, he is a mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinal, <laughs> but yes, play, play Zach Ertz. But over to those 49ers, uh, again, it's a tough team to evaluate, you know, Elijah Mitchell, he's back on the injury. Please don't don't make me talk about Brandon Ayuk, by the way. Okay, well, I'm, I'm good. Elijah Mitchell is on the injury report. He did not practice Wednesday, moved to limited on Thursday. Same with Debo Samuel, did not practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. So we expect both of them to go. Jeff Wilson Jr. did get activated for or designated to return from the IR. So his 21-day window did open up. So everyone that's out there that's been listening to us all season long that has him safe in your IR spot. You're welcome. The time is coming soon. We all <laughs> hope because we've talked a lot about Jeff Wilson and we kind of, we kind of hurt both all of us here at the couch teams. Cause I think one of us has them in each league that we're in sitting on the IR spot or multiple. It doesn't matter this week. He probably won't be back. I don't imagine him to be back. Even if he was, I wouldn't feel confident playing him this being his first game. Um, but with Elijah Mitchell already banged up, this could be a, a big Jermichael Hasty game. You know, the running backs are so in flex that I'm not feeling, I'm not loving any of them. I'm sure one of them will end up being good for fantasy wise, but it's tough to evaluate which one would play that I'd probably end up not playing any of them. Smart money would say play Elijah Mitchell if, because he's been the most consistent on the year. Um, but you do have to monitor that injury. Definitely. And I was trying to go back to look because I'm very interested, like Jermichael Hasty seems to be the running back too. But if you look at depth charts, it's Trey Sermon. So I'm like trying to figure out if you don't have an Elijah Mitchell, can you confidently go anywhere? And I think you got to be more confident with Hasty because the coaching staff has shown that they want to use him in the past, but I don't love it. And like you, I'd be probably trying to avoid that running back room if there's no Elijah Mitchell. I mean, the I'm only hoping Mitchell starts because then you probably have the clear cut one that you can play. But I hate San Francisco running backs. I hate San Francisco wide receivers outside of Debo Samuel right now. That's why I said don't let me. You talk brought him up. I was going to do Try to push it off. Talking about him. Um, <laughs> but real quick, Brandon Ayuk. He is like we've mentioned the name to keep an eye on. He a quote from Kyle Shanahan worked his butt off last week. That's positive news. He could be bouncing back. If he's out on your waiver still, go stash him. I know we were talking about you could probably cut him. You know, he he's too talented to not be owned in fantasy football. It he you may never play him, but the worst thing you want to get to your fantasy playoffs and lose to a guy that has Brandon Ayuk when you could have picked him up in week what are we in week nine? And so if, don't let him sit out there unowned w- waiting for that game that big game. It's almost. He's almost Odell Beckham right now. Yeah, that's a good comparison. A I really great like comparison. <laughs> wow, that's a great <laughs> great job, George. I really like that comparison. But let's move on to a matchup that you know would have been a little bit better. If it wasn't for injuries, but the Sunday night matchup: the Tennessee Titans yep. are at the Los Angeles Rams, who acquired Von Miller over the trade deadline. But the Tennessee Titans are without. Uh, 
Derrick Henry, King Henry himself. He won't be there. Unfortunately, Derrick Henry is most likely done for at least the fantasy season. We'll see if he gets back for the end of the regular season or the playoffs. How does that affect your evaluation as the Titans offense as a whole? Man, I was hoping I didn't have to be the first one to ask this question. It's a way to beat me to it. I feel like they have to go more pass centric because Derrick Henry is a one of a kind player. And I don't care how many or the quality of backs you have to fill in for him. There's maybe three backs in the league that I could say, oh, you could use similarly to Derrick Henry and get a similar result. So I'm going to start with the passing game. I think this gives a boost to Ryan Tannehill because he's going to have more volume. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of questioning. I don't know if I'd play him in this matchup because the Rams defense has been tough, but I'm almost questioning also, though, does it give him a boost because there's less people in the box to play the run? It's like, is it going to kind of pan out where he throws more passes but has similar passing results? Like, that's going to be something we have to wait and see. Um, I still don't believe that Julio is going to play, so they're going to be missing that two-headed wide receiver attack. A.J. Brown's got to be a guy that's going to keep, you know, play him, play him. He's doing well. I think the scare of they're limiting him on his, you know, working him back from his hamstring injury is done. I think he's good now. And then we have to talk about the running back room because they signed Adrian Peterson and they have Jeremy McNichols. I think this week I is the best week to play McNichols because he already is familiar with the offense. He can run the ball and import. Most importantly, he can catch the ball. So if he gets his normal pass catching work and adds on Derrick Henry's screen game catches. He could already be a fantasy relevant running back just from that. So because that and Peterson doesn't know the offense yet, I think he's going to be the lead guy this week. It's going to remain to see if he's going to stay in that role. Part of it might be if he plays well, but he's in a tough matchup. I think I would play him just because he's the sole guy this week. Do you differ from me because the matchup is no, tough? I think McNichols is almost like the forgotten guy because everybody was like, oh, they signed Adrian Peterson. Um, but I, I'm with you. I think McNichols is going to be the guy this week and potentially won't ever not be the number one option i think this would be more like mcnichols saw the playing field with derrick henry now i'm not saying he'll get all the derrick henry snaps i think he'll get closer to a you know a 60 to 70 percent uh mcnichols to a 30 to 40 percent adrian peterson as he becomes uh more acclimated but yeah this week i like mcnichols you know we all the rams defense were so good last year i think we're still holding on to a lot of that i'm not saying they're not good but they have been deceptible to give up big plays they have been deceptible in the pass game and the run game uh, a little bit. They're still not like an, a cakewalk defense by any means, and they did just add Von Miller, so their defense did just get better. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I'm starting McNichols. A.J. Brown is by far a no-brainer. Um, Julio does scare me a little bit because he keeps leaving the games with hamstring injuries, then he practices limited. Um, it just feel, I feel like Julio Jones has been dealing with a hamstring injury for three years now, and it's like really – I hope they keep him out another week to hopefully put it behind. Yeah, but he, he was a limited practice on Wednesday. I don't have the report yet from the Tennessee Titans on Thursday, uh, but I imagine if he's limited all week, he'll be out there. So, again, take that with mm -hmm. a grain of salt. I mean, Ramsey will probably – well, Ramsey isn't always known for following guys, but he'll probably be able to you know lock up when, who, whichever one of them is on, on his side or A.J. Brown moves into the slot. So – one of those guys will be taken away. If Julio Jones isn't there, 
Uh, it could be a tough passing day for the Tennessee Titans. Definitely losing Derrick Henry hurts their offense, and this was not the matchup to, uh, unfortunately, lose. I mean, not that it's great to lose Derrick Henry any week, but this is a tough matchup to do with it. Um, but speaking of the Rams, yeah. we got to talk about those guys. That you know, Matt Stafford, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they're all on the injury report. Matt Stafford hasn't practiced all week with a back injury, and that's scary. But I mean, I imagine he'll play. I mean, Matt Stafford plays through everything, so I'm not actually worried he's going to play. But it's just something to keep an eye on. That you know, he is dealing with a little bit of back discomfort that's keeping him out of practice. Robert Woods is dealing with a foot injury that he hasn't practiced all week. Cooper Cup, he just needed rest because he's bawling out, and then he was back to full practice on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> Cooper Cup, my gosh, he is light. When is it going to stop with him? Like. I, it, it has to eventually like his, his numbers are so crazy right now in a fantasy term, but like, it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. Um, but Robert Woods is the big name to keep him monitor on. If for some reason he is inactive or he doesn't play a guy like Van Jefferson could quickly move up to a solid start option. If Robert Woods does go, yes. Van Jefferson moves back down to like a flexible option if necessary. Um, but that is a an injury that we'll definitely keep an eye on for you guys. Definitely. And I mean, I'm not saying that Van Jefferson would not be a good piece for that offense, but if you're missing Robert Woods, it could be an even bigger Daryl Henderson game than we have seen in the past. He could be even more involved even in a screen or passing game. So we'll keep an eye on the Robert Woods news and it'll definitely affect maybe Henderson and Van Jefferson. We can move on then to the final game, Monday Night Football, the Chicago Bears traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, yep. I don't even know where to start here. It's it's pretty rough. Allen Robinson didn't get moved at the deadline. I'm yeah, that was one of the things George wanted. Um, I think it is worth mentioning Damian Williams still or didn't practice on Thursday with a knee injury. Um, so it does look like it'll be another week for Khalil Herbert. Uh, we talked about at the top of the show, uh, David Montgomery did get active, designated to return from IR, um, but they will most likely keep him out through the bye, which is next week for them in week 10. So I don't expect mm-hmm. to see David Montgomery back until week 11. So I think he got one more week of rolling with Khalil Herbert. Not the best matchup against the Steelers defense. I know they did just trade Melvin Ingram, but it's still definitely a very solid defense, very tough to run the ball against. And the Bear, like, Cleo Herbert's going to get the volume, so you're going to start him. Outside of that, like, I'm not rolling with Justin Fields. I'm not rolling, like, I think we're at the point where we're benching Allen Robinson, unfortunately, until we see otherwise or things start to turn around, which is crazy. <laughs> Sorry for everyone that drafted him in the third and the fourth round, thinking that, you know, he was going to ball out with a poor quarterback like he's done his whole career. It's finally caught up to him. The Bears, they're struggling right now. Um, this is probably a pretty watch, – watch this game be like the Chiefs rams game from a few years ago like 55 55 for no reason when really it should be like five to five but the the well I, the steelers could put up three touchdowns the bears can't I, maybe like that's, that's asking a lot for the steelers i think like they've scored less than 20 Fair. in the last few weeks um that, so again there's not a lot of scoring opportunities though on the steelers if we move over to them i do like deontay johnson he is the guy in the Steelers' op- offense. I know George most likely agrees with me on that. I think you can consider a Chase Claypool mm-hmm. this week um, out of, you know, 
big play ability. You know, he, he's been a guy that's been getting some decent targets. Um, he's been around eight fantasy points the last couple of weeks. Not great. Um, but if he would get into the end zone, that'd be a, a nice fantasy day. So he's a name that you could watch for. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, there's not a lot here. Maybe Pat Frymuth because fantasy, I was going to say fantasy dartboard candidate, Pat Frymuth, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Eric Ebron's still not practicing. So the Muth could mm-hmm. be a potential option. Uh, I was going to start him in one league, but I think you actually picked him up before me. So I don't think I can that week. So I got to find a new tight end. Gotcha. <laughs> well, George, I think we hit all the games. I know we've gone a little bit long, which tends to see our theme. We had so much news to get through at the top. It was a crazy news week. Um, Different. A lot going on at the couch GMs uh, or a lot going on in football that we have to cover here at the couch GMs. Uh, so as always, Thank you again for listening to another episode. Uh, and Tyler, again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, he did have ACL surgery on Thursday. He's doing well at home, but be sure to send him some love. And he obviously wants to tell you that this podcast is more fun for you and more fun for us when you get involved. Definitely follow us on our Twitter, where we will keep you up to date with all the news for updates that we mentioned throughout the show and check out the couchgms.com. Thank you guys one more time for listening in for Cody Roadcap. I'm George Kurth, and we'll see you next week to talk a recap of week nine and some week 10. Wins.